Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larby. Hey everybody, it is Sarah Larby here and I wanted to do something a little bit different this week. I wanted to just talk to you guys without having a guest just me and you and just share some of the things that I've learned throughout the years in these episodes. And the goal is that there's going to be a solo episode once a month where I'm just going to share just a, either a different tip, a strategy, something I've been doing that might help you out there be more successful and grow. So I wanted to talk to you guys and you listening to this about screening tenants because I get a ton of questions about screening tenants because there's a lot of areas, Ontario including, where that can make or break your experience as a landlord. And that was one of the biggest hurdles that I had to overcome in the beginning with Matt who was very worried about having a tenant that either doesn't pay rent or that trashes the house. And so we got started with his sister and learned the ropes. And over time, we've developed some better processes and procedures. And I actually have come up with five different steps of tenant screening. And I wanted to share some of that with you in a little bit more detail so that you can find the very best tenants. And unfortunately, there are some tenants that are horrible out there, but you know what? There's also some landlords that are horrible as well. And those are the ones that you hear about. Those are the ones that hear, you hear on the radio or the news because unfortunately, that is news that sells. But for 95% of us out there, I think we want to be the best landlords that we can. And for 95% of tenants out there, I think they really truly want to be the best tenants as well. So pairing the right ones with us <laughs> is really the goal. And so I wanted to just talk to you about the first step of my tenant screening. And it really starts for me when I acquire a property and I remove the conditions. And so usually I'll buy a property, sometimes sight unseen, but I'll always have an inspection clause and financing. But once I remove the conditions, that's actually when I start advertising. For Canada, I think a lot of you listening out there are Canadian. A lot of you are listening in Ontario as well. And we mostly do, I would say 99% of my advertising is done on Kijiji. So probably I would say if you're getting to know more market, put some feeler ads on Kijiji, feel the market in terms of how much rent you could get, how many replies you're going to get, how many people are looking for homes out there in that market. But Kijiji is a huge opportunity. I think in the US it's Craigslist, but in Canada it really is the majority of the time on Kijiji. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, should I go and get a realtor to lease out my property? Now you can, but you can still do it yourself and save on sharing that first month's rent. So, so oftentimes they'll take either half months up front or a full month, and so they should, because obviously it's work, but it's not that complicated once you do have some processes and procedures in place that you can actually do this quite easily on your own. So 
the first step is as soon as I do remove those conditions, or obviously if tenants are moving out and new ones are coming in, I won't be able to do when I remove the conditions. But as soon as you know, I would say put an ad on Kijiji. Now, you probably don't need to write paragraphs and paragraphs that won't most likely be read anyways. I would just keep it short and sweet, have a catchy title, and just have bullet points of the features of the property. So if it's got a driveway, three bedrooms, what appliances it comes with, how much the rent is, etc., etc. So maybe a, a dozen different features so that you don't get those questions like, is it a fenced backyard or does it come with a washer dryer? Just have all of that stuff in the ad already so that you're really not having to focus on those additional questions. One of the things that I would say is the most important though is, is the end. And so what I put at the end is I put something along the lines of professional landlords. We are going to be doing a full background check, including credit, including previous landlord references, current landlord references, proof of income. Personally, I like to see at least three times what the rent is in income. So I don't like to strap anybody. And then even more important after you write that, you're going to want to write something along the lines of three specific things that you want them to respond to. And this is going to be crucial because if your tenants cannot or your prospective tenants cannot read through the very end of that ad, they will not be able to take direction from you and most likely will not be able to pay you on time or follow any direction when they are your tenants. So if they can't read to the bottom and if they can't respond to those three things, whatever those three things are, then you probably want to screen them out from that step. And so these are five different steps and this is where you're gonna screen out the most amount of them because when people respond to you saying, I'm interested, when can I see it? Anything else other than responding to those three things, they are actually in my books completely out of the running. And so the three questions usually what I stick to is number one, tell me about yourself and or your family. I leave that as an open-ended question. Number two, how many pets, types of pets? And I might do like a secondary option where like, are there any smokers in the household? And then number three, please provide your name and a phone number to be reached. So if they can't do those three things, and you can add a fourth if you want, but I would say, you know, three is a good number. If they can't do those three things, do not make an exception, just screen them out. So. If they respond to one of the three, they're out in my books. If they respond, but they don't leave their phone number, they're out in my books. And the reason that I would say ask for their number is you want to be in control for the entire process. You also do not want to be getting a million calls while you're working or you're doing your other stuff from tenants just calling to try to find out if they can see the property. So I actually don't put my name. I do not put my phone number or any way for them to reach me. They can simply just reply to the Kijiji ad. And that is actually how I will contact them. So that is really step one. And just to give you an idea, so I have one of my properties right now, tenants are moving, put another one through. I've had about 50 replies in two weeks. And from there, 10 meet the criteria. So again, it's important to be really picky, especially in areas where if you get a bad tenant, you're going to suffer much more. Ontario, for example, very tenant friendly. 
And so finding those ideal tenants is really the key. So I'm going to share every single time I do a solo episode, I'm going to share with you step two to five as we go along. But this is really step one. This is where you're going to screen out the most amount of prospects. And just just keep in mind, you always want to be in control. Don't leave your name. Don't leave your number. Don't leave an email. Stay in control. Get the information. And then based on the responses, because even though the other thing too is they could be answering questions one to three, but they might not be your ideal tenants. Well, hey, they don't have your name. They don't have your number. They don't have your email. They have no idea who you are. And also don't put the address of the house, just put like a, an area or an intersection. So stay in control and ensure that you screen out very, very thoroughly on this first step. And tenants, at the end of the day, we are in a, an area where there is such low vacancy. So it is not like you are going to be not finding a tenant for months and months. They are going to be most likely filled quite quickly, whatever units or properties that you have. So just be very picky at this stage. Trust me, you will be happy that you waited and you found the right ones. So screen out, screen out, screen out and stay in control. Stay anonymous at this point. So that is pretty much it for step number one. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. And with that said, guys, I really want to thank you for listening to this podcast. I would not be doing these if it wasn't for you guys out there and you reaching out to me, sending me those awesome emails, asking questions. I really appreciate that. And the other thing I wanted to say is I have a little gift for you. So I put together a property fundamental checklist that is on my website and I'm giving this to you guys for free. It's going to be there temporarily. At some point, I'm going to take it down, but it is essentially all of the different fundamentals or the different pieces of um, information that I need to get in order to invest in a specific area or a specific location. So for example, population, what to look for. And if you're picking a town and you're not too sure where to invest, take a look at that list. It's going to give you some great, great insights. It'll give you an idea of where you should invest based on the areas that you're choosing and what information that you want to pull from different sources. So it's definitely helped me a ton and uh, I hope that it helps you guys too. Again, it's going to be on the website, which is sarahlarby.com. It's available now and it's going to be available for about the next 30 to 45 days. So my gift to you guys for just being awesome and listening to the podcast and reaching out and thank you guys. See you next week. Hey guys, before you go, I wanted to ask you a question. What's stopping you from starting or growing your own real estate investment portfolio? I know for me, before I started, I had plenty of reasons and at the time they all seemed very valid, but as I started my journey, these reasons slowly fell away and eventually only one reason remained. What was actually stopping me was having a proven, actionable, repeatable system. I didn't have that. And the way that was going to change was by investing in myself, learning, listening, and looking for ways that worked. And also, most importantly, discovering what didn't and not making those mistakes again. Fast forward to today, I now have a proven, repeatable series of action steps that has enabled me to build my seven-figure portfolio consisting of multiple homes, and I'm able to manage that in two to three hours a month. Is that something that you would want? Well, 
I've actually taken all the knowledge I've accumulated and put that into a comprehensive step-by-step -step online program. It's called Rise, and it's a program that will help you from where you are now to where you want to be faster and with less of the headaches that I had. So it consists of all the templates and the resources that I use, plus over 40 instructional videos that you get lifetime access to for just a small one-time investment. And you know, my recommendation is to make the time now to invest in yourself and grow your portfolio to seven figures so that you can bring your retirement dreams closer. If you want some more information about Rise, just go to sarahlarby.com forward slash R-I-S-E to access more details and book your spot. Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larby. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest.